Hey everybody, this is Tanner from the future, or maybe it's Tanner from the past. I don't know, time is weird. Uh, listen, this uh, is our season three Q&A that we recorded back in July. <laughs> and then we chose not to release it because we felt it was falling into the promoting struck work thing that we were advised against doing. Uh, obviously since then the strike has, well, it's been suspended. As of recording this little intro, they're still working on ratifying it, and also sounds like maybe it might be a good idea if they didn't, and they went back to negotiations, so who knows if there will be another strike coming around the corner. Hopefully everything works out good for the actors, though. That's that's our, always our number one priority. Uh, but yeah, this is our post-season 3 Q&A, where we got some questions off of Twitter and off of our Discord, and because it was recorded several months ago, you know, the episodes or... The references might be fairly dated, and the stuff we talk about, like, mm, this happened a few weeks ago, this happened a few months ago, yeah, this was, like, way earlier in the year. <laughs> uh, but yeah, other than that, it's still very entertaining. We're glad we can release it now. Uh, I am going to say that we're not going to be releasing any Glee-related content until 2024 anyways, just because of we our scheduling. We had made some plans for another batch of Strike-era stuff to do in the event that things hadn't been resolved by now, and because that has already begun work on it, we're not going to completely scrap them. And we're also like, we don't want to do like two episodes of the Glee Project and then break for holidays and then come back after like six weeks have passed. So we're just going to just wait completely until the new year before we start recording and doing any of the Glee Project stuff. But we are looking forward to getting back into the Glee of things. So... <laughs> Thank you if you stuck around for listening, that's great. If you're not interested, sorry about that, but don't worry, we'll be getting back to your reg regularly scheduled Glee content soon enough. So relax, enjoy, continue supporting the unions if they need it, uh, Free Palestine, and enjoy! Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now as we riff the show, Tanner and Christina gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening, you're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. and welcome to Loser Like Me. This is normally a show where we recap and review and fillet to nice thin slices uh, the TV series and franchise Glee. But we are not doing that today because we recently finished season three of Glee and we are heading towards the Glee Project season two. And so we have asked and we actually luckily got some questions, so we're going to answer some questions. <laughs> hey, who are you? Oh, I'm Christina. And I'm Tanner, and that's right. It's, I mean, you say we recently <laughs> finished, but it was like two months ago that we finished Glee. Look. <laughs> finished the third season. In the podcast feed, it's recently. The, uh, <laughs> the point is we're back. Just like yes. Neopets and Anthony Padilla, we have returned. <laughs> that's the other thing. In the intervening, like, since last episode, I've fallen down a smosh hole in a Neopets hole. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Well, the Neopets hole is because everyone on the Quarter Podcast Network Discord server, well, almost everyone, fell back down the Neopets hole. It sounds like Theo fell down the Neopets hole for the first time, and he's just live blogging, going like, Oh god, what the fuck is this? What's happening? <laughs> and this is just base level Neopets. Nobody showed him any mutants or anything. I should. I should send him pictures. I should send him pictures of mutant Neopets at 5am. I think that's a normal <laughs> thing to do to your friends. I mean, I would say go for it, honestly. 
I would love to get back into Neopets, except for the fact that I think at this point, if I tried to add one more regular hobby or game to my life, I would spontaneously combust. I mean, it's a, it's not even that hard. Just go to go on Jelly Neo and click through all the dailies and just start from there. And if you feel like you want to devote more time to it, you can. But it's like, it's whatever, you know? It's casual. It's super cash, man. We're normal. Well, see, my, my thing Am is, Am I Tanner, gunning like, for Derek and paintbrushes? Yes, but I'm being normal a bit in my gunning for them. <laughs> my, my thing, Tanner, is like, I only have so much brain real estate that I can devote to games and hobbies and things, and I need to reserve some brain space for, <laughs> for restarting Wayward. That's fair enough. Hey, gang, take your Neopets OCs on Wayward. <laughs> yeah, I already had one Neopets OC, and I would happily have more. That's right. Hey, you should try and reach out to Karina. I know Karina does not like to be, Karina Drawfee doesn't like being acknowledged on the internet and that's super valid, but mm. I feel like for you she'd make an exception because you're a normal human woman. I am. <laughs> this is known. With a generally very hospitable podcast. <laughs> also, going, if referencing my, the other hobby that I picked up over the interim, reach out to the Smoshcast and be like, hey, <laughs> Damien Haas, come on the Home for Word Rosies and tell me about your D&D characters. I don't even know who they are, so I'd have to fall down the hole first. <laughs> actually, here's the thing, actually. Uh, remember <laughs> remember when we did the first Christmas episode with Theo, and he was like, I think I saw that guy in a Smosh video? He was correct. That was actually Damien Haas. Huh. And so, even though we missed his appearance as, like, a background character, we could still have Damien Haas on the show. We could also, we could watch a Damien Haas project. If, if we have to change up the tune of this podcast, it will be a recap podcast for Damien Haas's D&D series. <laughs> sure. That's close to Glee, right? No, that's jokes. This is jokes. <laughs> I'm sure we can find something Glee relevant. We'll do glee along like we were trying to, and then all the scheduling fell through. <laughs> yeah, but that's just, you know, that's scheduling. Yeah. Tragically, that is how it goes. <laughs> Before we get into questions, do we want to t discuss, like, this third season in general? Yeah, sure. I liked it. Yeah, I was thinking about it yesterday on... I was thinking about <laughs> ahead in advance of like, well, how would I rank this the season of Glee? How do I think it all worked out? And I think overall, it worked out pretty dang well. I think season three was a market of improvement in the writing, partially because um, it wasn't just the same three guys doing the writing. And like, even though there were some notable gaps in the writing for the season. Namely, we are not going to talk about the Jeremy Baramy that was Quinn's character arc, or lack thereof. Yeah, that one really only works with, like, headcanons and <laughs> wishful thinking. Yeah, which is too much work to put in for a TV show that aired on Fox. <laughs> yeah. But overall, I would say the writing was very good. I think the music was very good as a whole. And I think one of the big improvements was that, like... Acting and chemistry-wise, like, at this point, everyone had, well, almost everyone had been on the show for, like, three-plus years, and you can tell that they were all, like, or that most of them were friends off-camera, if not also off-set. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, even the newcomers, like, Damien and Sam and Tony Award-winning Alex Newell. Exactly. And Lindsay was also there. And Lindsay and Vanessa, like... I think they all, it seemed from my perspective, like, they all really, like, merged into the group very well. Like, everyone was like, yeah, hey, that's our friend. The cast got along great, and the only people, the reason most of these people ended up leaving is because the writers and the production didn't give them enough to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, 
like, I don't know about the others, but I follow Damien on Instagram, and, like, every year, like clockwork, he posts an in-memoriam picture for Corey. Mm-hmm. And for Naya. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, they, they welcomed him with open arms, they welcomed everyone with open arms, and it was great. Mm-hmm. And also, that being said, from a writing standpoint, this is probably the most focused season, which is funny mm-hmm. that they, like, tripled the number of writers and actually made a better show, probably because everyone was holding each other accountable. And everyone was everyone was sharing sharing the load, sharing the weight. Like, exactly, but like I I could not have imagined what would have happened if they tried to do on my way in season one or season two with just one of a few handful of writers. <laughs> yeah, but like this whole season, there's arcs, there's a through line. Like they say right at the beginning, this is the graduation season, and that hangs over every episode and influences mm-hmm. every episode that's happening. And yeah. like season one was good. Because it was Buckwild and because they were just getting started. So, like, you can give it a little bit of leeway. But pretty quickly it was like, okay, here's the goal for the first half, here's the goal for the second half. You knew exactly what was going on. Mm -hmm. Season two was all over the place. And there were fun moments in it, but you can really tell that, like, they were flying by the seat of their pants. (laughs) I I think I've also heard this described in, like, child development as, like, around two is when you are, like, trying to test boundaries. (laughs) You're seeing how far you can go. (laughs) (laughs) And I think season three is where the show, for this this season only, the show figured out what it was trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And I think for the most part it did accomplish it. Like we said before, the biggest flaw would be Quinn's character arc. And I think that was only brought on because they were contractually obligated to stick Samuel in there. And the the entirety of Joe's characterization was like, what if he was a Christian? Who's the other Christian? Is it Mercedes? No, she is with Sam. Is it Quinn? There we go. It's Joe God. and Quinn, and they are Christian together, together Christians. Could you imagine if they'd tried to pair Mercedes and Joe the Christian? She would have snapped him like a twig. <laughs> she would have snapped him like a twig. But also, I do think it also would have been better because they wouldn't have had to reset Mercedes' character development in order to do so. Yeah. Here's the thing. If Quinn fell back together with Sam, I don't think it would be the same kind of like, oh shoot, what's the word? Backtracking. I don't think it would have been the same kind of character backtracking if Quinn had gotten back together with Sam. Because they're both very changed people at this point, and th- it would be a thing of, like, we came together at the wrong time, but now it is the right time and we're together again. And it would have mm-hmm. made sense. Obviously, I prefer Sam Sadie's a thousand percent more, but <laughs> yeah. made, if if they just said Sam and Quinn are getting back together, I think that also would have made sense for the characters. And then if Mercedes and Joe had gotten together, we can portray it as, like, Mercedes was with Shane, Shane. right? Yeah, Shane. Yeah, she was with Shane, and then she kissed Sam and felt bad, and so she cut both of them off. And then she gets together with Joe because Joe is like the idealized Christian for her. And so she is like, I'm going back to my roots. But then she sees, oh, maybe this guy's roots are too deep. Or actually, they're extremely unhealthy because he keeps dreadlocking his white boy hair. Oh <laughs> my that, god. There's a, they, they cast Joe because of his white boy dreadlocks. And then there's an entire plot about Mercedes saying, hey, maybe you shouldn't do that. God. But also, I think it would have made character sense for Mercedes to go to Joe and then she's like, this also isn't working for me. But then she elevates Joe in the process. She fixes him. Not because she's in love with him, but just because she needs something to do. Just by proximity. Yeah. She's like, I'm not dating him because I love him. I'm dating him because I need a hobby. <laughs> that would have been wild. But no, unfortunately, Joe remained flat as cardboard and Quinn just entered a lesbian death spiral. Which, you yeah. know, is entertaining, but also was not their intention. 
No. So I'm not giving them credit for it. No. Uh, agreed. Unless, you know, unless one of the writers is like, actually, this was my plan the entire time and no one picked up on it, then I'll give you kudos. Yeah. <laughs> Pay your writers so that we can get more television shows discussing a lesbian death spiral. <laughs> agreed. I don't think there's much else to say about it because it was a really strong season. Other than what we said, all the character choices were strong yeah. and made sense. Do you remember any of your favorite songs? Like, if you had to pick out one song oh. that was your favorite from the season. And I am in the spreadsheet, so I am looking back through them to remember myself. <laughs> I mean, a top tier one has got to be the Survivor I Will Survive. Mm-hmm. Trying to think. Boy From Oz was also very good. I don't know if I picked it as my best, but that's one of those other ones that, like, stays on my playlist forever. Mm-hmm. Boogie Shoes. Now I'm also on the spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tongue Tied and You Get What I Get. Tongue Tied and You Get What You Give are both songs that kind of make me tear up if I'm in the right mood. <laughs> I've stumbled upon the Big Brother songs and remembered that Up 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 only got my vote for a technicality because I didn't like any of the songs in that episode. <laughs> a standout, yeah, a standout worst moment is when they tried to put, they tried to do the Duran Duran mashup in that episode and there were two great tastes that did not taste great together. Yeah. I'm sexy and I know it also stands out to me. It's it, it's kind of silly, but it's also pretty good. I I think my favorite was probably either I've forgotten the name of my I've forgotten the face of my father. The <laughs> Trouble Tones first mashup, Adele. Yes, someone like you, Andrew Merhazet. Yes, but that's a given. That's still I think one of my top numbers and. I think something else that's really great about this list is that I'm looking through it and there's a lot of good songs for Amber Riley in this season. <laughs> yeah, that's another... This was the season that they realized that Amber Riley and Ira Rivera were the real stars. Yes. Because, like, also, How Will I Know? And and I Will Always Love You. And First Time I Ever Saw Your Face. They're all so good. Mm-hmm. I don't want a lot for Christmas. <laughs> I like how in our spreadsheet, instead of actually listing, rumor has it someone like you, which is why you couldn't remember it. The The reason is because for best song, we just wrote in NBC's The Slap. Because you wrote down best for NBC's The Slap. <laughs> also, for the first time, we wrote down America is the best for our best song, and I don't know what that means. The song America from West Side oh. Story. Oh, that's right. <laughs> for I Am Unicorn, I just wrote down, oh, Lord, he coming. <laughs> I still love that for the first episode, our gold star song was Anything You Can Goes the Better Of. <laughs> <laughs> and our best song for Asian F was Effie and Todd! Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Something's Coming is probably what we were referring to for I Am Unicorn. Yes. I'm trying to pick out, like, what was, like, my ultimate worst for the season. They're, they're so great. All of them are so wonderfully terrible. <laughs> It might be just the fact that so many times the season Finn was done so dirty by the writers. Yeah. Although there was the one in Big Brother where our our combined worst between you, me, and Riley was the slur of it all. <laughs> yeah. I think Tina being a Rachel Berry apologist is pretty strong because it completely ruins the whole, like, premise of the episode. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, that was something else that I was thinking of, too, was that, like, overall... Season three felt more like an ensemble season rather than just, you know, the Rachel and Finn and Will and Sue show. 
And at the same time, that made it really egregious when writers went against previous characterization. Like, oh, Tina is going to be Rachel's biggest fan and supporter in getting the Whoopi Goldberg to agree to let Rachel into fancy uh, musical theater college. <laughs> yeah. Another thing. Okay, so I know I said that this is probably the strongest season, but I will say that one of the consistent weak point of the season, mm-hmm. aside from Quinn... I mean, not Quinn herself, but what was done to her. <laughs> Behind the scenes. <laughs> exactly. Um, but another worst part that was kind of went through the whole season is that they kept on having characters like canonically learning the wrong lessons of many episodes. Mm-hmm. Also, I know it wasn't part of the season, but I really liked watching Santa Fake. That's just a really good Christmas movie, and I will probably start watching it annually. <laughs> Honestly, it. I agree. I think it was good. I... I think we watched some good bonus content this season. We really did. Mm. Shout out to Kathleen. Morning till we join ya. Ah, uh, Kathleen. We will remember her always. Thank you for your sacrifice, Kathleen. <laughs> Emily, put it, I will remember you. I will remember you. <laughs> but also put like, put like bubbles over it so it sounds like it's being sung underwater. One sec. Emily, please don't track please don't track me down for that audio crime I just did. (laughs) No, that was not a crime at all. (laughs) It's gonna be me with my nephew in two weeks. (laughs) Yay! Alright, do you wanna get into the questions now or do you have any other notes on season three? Uh, season three. I'll I'll miss ya. <laughs> I it occurred to me also as I was doing my ruminating yesterday over this past season. I was like, at some point, the memory, the vague memory of seeing Sue Sylvester perform Super Bass, it it emerged from my subconscious, and now I am being haunted by it. <laughs> I am afraid that in seasons going forward, I will be clawing and pleading desperately to return to the quality of season three. <laughs> Yeah. Season three, it was like almost the whole season was duets. Yeah. We'll always have duets. (laughs) True. Oh, you know what I just thought of? Do you want to hear my my top three episodes of the season for my ranking? Sure. I don't have an actual graph or anything this time, but my third favorite episode of the season was actually a tie between Pot of Gold and Hold On to Sixteen. My second favorite episode was Mash Off. And my favorite episode of the whole season was Asian F. Interesting. I think part of that is because Pot of Gold had Bert being an incredible dad. Hold On to 16 had Sam coming back. Mash Off had great acting and music. And Asian F had great music, great acting, and great writing. But yeah, now we can get into questions. I think, I don't know if I can pick a top three. I think my favorite is Nationals. Mm-hmm. Fair. And then, you know, yeah, Asian F would probably be up there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, on my way. Uh, on my way is a decent episode, but I still hold that the setlist was garbage. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what? I think I kissed a girl is pretty strong too. Also fair. Yeah, I think there's no 100 percent perfect episode except maybe Nationals. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like it's hard because all the episodes have something like, like, "Hey, come on now!" But they also have something like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you did mm-hmm. that." Overall, I think it's that like my least favorite episode this season was the Purple Piano Project, the first episode. (laughs) (laughs) And then my second least favorite was First Time, which is about you can't play West Side Story unless you fuck. 
Which is bad, but also funny because it's so bad. (laughs) But see, like, that's the thing, is I feel like there weren't really a whole lot of, I'll call them egregious sins this season. I think Extraordinary Merry Christmas is a pretty solid stinker. (laughs) Oh, that was um, my third least favorite. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, on a whole, it's like the grading scale. Instead of being, like, 0 to 100, it's like 35 to 90. Yeah, I can dig it. I would still rather have watched Extraordinary Merry Christmas than uh, Hello from season one. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, you know what? Definitely. Season one didn't have uh, Mercedes looking straight into the camera and saying, I think these are the end times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> In season one, she would have said that with like seven to eight shoehorned references to how she's a black woman mentioned in that sentence. <laughs> yep. Oh, also, this is just, I'd I just like to say that I watched They Clone Tyrone last night. That's also a very good movie. And yeah. Amber Riley, Jewel Taylor team up win. For that matter, Amber Riley, uh, Amber John Riley team up. And also Amber Riley, Tayona Paris team up when. Amber Riley! I will have to escalate that on my list of things to watch when I can force my brain into watching something new and not just the same Let's Player. Okay, you've misheard hours. me. You've you've misheard me. I she's not in the movie. I'm saying that I've seen the movie and I Aww. think she should be in the next thing that the director makes. Agreed, wholeheartedly. I will still escalate. You should still escalate it because it's a really good movie. Yes, yeah, yeah. It is it is still higher on my priority list than going to see Barbie because I do already pay for streaming and I do not already have a ticket to Barbie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, anyways, questions? Do you want do questions. you want to question everything? Yeah, let's question. Okay, I've got the Twitter page up, so let me, let me answer let's answer the fir- the two questions we got on Twitter first. Yeah. First off, blanket blanket thank you to all of our friends for asking the unhinged questions of us. You're not a yes. real podcast until you've got your friends being like, Hey, does this character serve cunt? Yeah. <laughs> We've already established that in the magic episode, who does and does not serve, so moving on. <laughs> questions. Um, Mm -hmm. first, we have one from Emily herself. Hi, Emily. Thanks for all the hard work you do. Hi, Emily. You're a star. And I mean that genuinely, not a good leeway. (laughs) Emily, you're the saint of podcast editing, if you want to be. Emily asks, will the crimes against Glee Project contestants get worse in season two? Um. So here's the thing. I don't think they've discussed the Glee- I don't think the season two cast have discussed the behind the scenes as like, stuff as much as the season one cast. Mm-hmm. So I feel like behind the scenes, not necessarily, like, behind the scenes, I think they were actually okay. They yeah. have said they got to live in a real house and not just, like, the converted day camp. Yeah. They had ceilings and everything. I feel like it's going to be, like, they might have had better accommodations, but I think they are going to be less, either the same or maybe less respected than season one was. Yeah. <laughs> I know that there is one standout crime that, like, is aired on the thing, and you can see how it destroys that contestant for the rest of their time on the show. Oh, no. And they have discussed it publicly, but that's, like, the only standout. I also know there's one thing that happened behind the scenes that could have been a crime, but they chose not to air it, and because of that, they get credit where credit is due. They did not do this other terrible thing. Uh, this strikes fear into my heart, Tanner. It should. Listen, just because we're saying Glee Project Season 2 is mildly better doesn't mean you should not be afraid. It's the difference between a 50 and a 55%. Yeah. (laughs) Or lower, who knows. And then our other Twitter question comes from Theodore Monk. He is asking, who dies first in the Glee Riverdale crossover? Puck. Yeah, probably. Yeah. 
Puck, if Puck was in any other show, either that like, or like Joe the Christian. <laughs> oh, it could be Joe the Christian. If Puck or Joe were both in Supernatural, they would both die. Puck would die first because he'd like he'd be in the broy cold open, and then he'd get eaten. And then yeah. Joe would be have like a minor character who they suspect to be the monster, and and he's like Jesus will save us, and they're like. It would be ironic if he was a monster, wouldn't it? And then actually he's not the monster, but he does get eaten by the monster. Yeah. So uh, that's it for Twitter questions, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and we did not get a single question on Tumblr. <laughs> Which, hey, don't don't worry too much about that. Because, I... like, our Tumblr is still has, like, none followers. It's it's still clambering. Yeah. It, it's, it's kind of a bummer. But it's partially because I, unlike former guest of the show Claudia I do not know how to become Tumblr famous I don't know if I necessarily want our podcast blog to become Tumblr famous but it'd be nice to see the notes stay the same instead of seeing someone unlike the post which was the only note up to that point I'm minorly Tumblr famous because I once made a post saying that uh, MLA citations were better than Chicago citations and I got continuously raked over the coals for that and it's still out there in the wild Oh no. Alright. Before we get into Discord questions, do you want to discuss the Kurt flag? Briefly, yeah. <laughs> Our friend Charles posted a picture of an American flag portrait, not landscape, that just has a big picture of Kurt Hummel on it, doing like a sassy over the shoulder. Yeah, it's the, um, I feel like this has to be like either season two or a season three, like, promo picture. Yeah, he's like, he's hit puberty and everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you're a part of the Chicago <laughs> Queer Exchange on Facebook, you could get the Glee American Flag Tapestry for $10. Tanner, do we need to send this to Riley? No, no, I don't think so. I don't think Riley would be interested. I think Fair. I think Riley would burn, actually, well, Riley might burn it on their front lawn, and then the cops would be like, are you burning the American flag? And Riley would be like, technically, no. <laughs> yeah. But also, it did say sale pending, so we might be too late for it. Yeah. Hell, I don't even know if this is from this year. Oh, this is this is a tapestry. Yeah. This is like somebody specifically like went to a website where you can make your own tapestry, created this, and paid to have it made and then shipped to themselves. <laughs> I just realized also that the creases in the flag are part of the image and not actually creases in the fabric. Yes. <laughs> which is also bizarre. Anyways, there's a flag a joke in there somewhere. On the Discord, Theo was once again asking questions. He asks, mm -hmm. which modern songs should have been done in Glee, and which modern songs would have been done in Glee? So they would not have done WAP. They would have mentioned WAP, but I don't think they could have gotten away with WAP, because it's yeah. too much WAP. Here's the thing, is that, like, aside from being on this podcast, I don't really, like, think about music within the context of Glee anymore. Like, if you'd asked me that question back in... 2010 or 2011 when i was still watching glee actively i would have come up with a whole list of songs but now it's just like i have songs that i think i would like to hear the actress performing but i don't really think about songs that i want the cast to that, that i would have wanted the characters on glee to perform except for maybe sam performing the johnny cash cover of hurt that would have been fascinating what do you think tanner so I don't listen to pop, like, modern hits that often, so my best way to hear about current songs is just to watch Todd in the Shadows on YouTube. <laughs> and Todd in the Shadows has mostly transitioned to one-hit Wonderland because 
in his words, uh, well, paraphrasing, but he's essentially said that so many of the current pop songs are boring that he can't make a full video out of them. Mm-hmm. I will say they definitely would have tried to sing Unholy. That would have been a Quinn song. No, it would have been a song about Quinn, but Rachel sang it. Because <laughs> we can't let Quinn sing. <laughs> yeah. They would have tried to get some Uncanto songs in there. They, oh, they would have met, so many of the Megan Trainer hits came out after Glee. Like, All About That Bass comes out, like, near the end of the last season. So they were just mm. in time for it. But they definitely, if they, they can continue, they would have sung all the other terrible Megan Trainor songs. Because Megan yeah. Trainor does not have a good discography. Womp womp. It's mediocre. They also would have forced season four character Marley to sing Victoria's Secret. Mm, yeah. Do you think, do you think they would have sang A, B, C, D, E, F, U? I don't know that song, so I don't know. It's the one that goes A, B, C, D, E, F, U. And it's not a very good song, but I kind of like it, probably just because it's catchy. <laughs> that's the same kind of, like, toothless swearing that- that's like kids bop swearing. Yeah. So, maybe. The second part of Theo's question was what modern songs would have been done in Glee, and I am still haunted by that Tumblr post that described how the Glee characters would perform the Hamilton tribute episode. Oh, I'm so glad that I didn't. Ha- I got rid of the Hamilton tribute that I had planned for my fanfic. <laughs> yeah, I'm very glad that when it comes to American, wow, gosh, we really love our history, don't we? Musicals. Uh, I fall firmly on the side of 1776 instead of Hamilton. Isn't 1776 the one where it's like that they specifically say, "Sorry, we ha- have to keep slavery in the Constitution in order to get these other states to sign up"? Uh, it is, but I. Here's the thing, is like, objectively, I think 7076 is more, it is more objective about the events of the founding of the United States of America. Okay. To me, Hamilton seems more like a, wow, Alexander Hamilton, he wasn't a great guy, but wow, look at him. Whereas 1776 is like, yeah, these things that happened are shitty and they were not correct, and they cause lasting repercussions for the rest of, for every time in American history going forward. And also war as hell. <laughs> Fair enough. So, I'm trick. also, now I'm looking at my spreadsheet of songs that I would like to be in my fanfic. Mm-hmm. Just like everything from 2015, or from 2016 onwards. Oh boy. What a cross-section. Yeah, this is, this, okay, actually, should I pull out my fanfic list? No, because those don't have song years next to them. Mm. Um, hey, read my fanfic to see what other songs I'd be putting in Glee. <laughs> but some other songs listed on here, just in general, put in some Haley Kyoko, put in some stuff by the beaches, put in some Mother Mother for their non-binary token character. Uh, da, da. I'm surprised they never got to any 21 Pilots, because they were actually putting out some of their more known songs while Glee was airing. Hmm. I think Glee would have done a, come from a, a few Come From Away songs and they would have been terrible. Yeah. They probably would have done Never Really Over by Katy Perry. I would like them to do some Half Alive songs because I really like the band Half Alive. Also, mm-hmm. Wallows. I really like the band Wallows and I, they should do some songs from them as well. <laughs> Ooh, they could have done Souvenir, which is from the, not the new Avril Lavigne album because it came out in 2019, but it would have been new if it were still airing in 2019. Mm-hmm. Rain On Me by Lady Gaga featuring Ariana Grande. Yeah, those are the main ones that are popping out to me for songs that I would like them to sing on Glee. Gotcha. And then another question from Theo. Uh, Glee cast and High School Musical, the musical, the series cast are airdropped into the Chernobyl exclusion zone. Who survives the battle royale? 
Overall or individuals? I don't think anyone does because it's still irradiated and they're yeah. not going to survive. <laughs> I think if anyone survives, I think it'd be Brittany by manifesting reality warper powers. But that's this a stretch. This is true. <laughs> she exists in a world outside of reality. Yeah. I'm sorry, Theo. I think Chernobyl wins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoever wins, they lose. Yeah. Next, our friend and uh, former guest of the show, Rem, asks, If you could swap any two cast members from Glee and High School Musical, the musical of the series, who would it be? And this could be actors swapping characters, or for extra chaos, characters swapping shows. Tanner, I don't know anything about High School Musical, the musical of the series, aside from the fact that I have vague awarenesses of the character archetypes. <laughs> so Kurt and Carlos are basically the same character, and so it would have been fun to see them switch spots or even switch actors, even though it wouldn't have caused that much difference. And also, fun fact, Glee canonically exists as a TV show within HSMTMTS, so it would be like a refugee from TV land situation, potentially. Wait? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, they, in the first season, they found Carlos's old high school musical, The, uh, the Board Game. And the category, like, there were three high school music categories, and one was, like, a Glee trivia, because he was like, I watched Glee all the time when I was little. And then another character was like, it still holds up. And I'm sitting there like, it does not? No, it does not. on. Parts of it hold up, but as a whole, no. I also think, hang on, let me quickly pull up the interesting stuff to the cast. I think Ashlyn and Lauren would be interesting if they traded places, because they both have similarities in that they're both bigger girls who, like... They're, they're both, actually really is mainly just because they're bigger girls, but they're also kind of go-getters. You, Christina, you're very Ashlyn core, I would say. Okay, cool. <laughs> they don't they don't dive into it, but there is an episode that reveals that Ashlyn is part of the high school's LARPing club. Oh, excellent. She has a sweet real sword. Uh, a real sword? Nice! So I think it'd be interesting if they swap to each other, where Ashlyn like, tries dating the bad boy but decides it's not for her. And then Lauren ends up dating Big Red and teaches him how to be more assertive. Oh, that'd be fun. Ricky and Finn are both, ex or actually Ricky and EJ and Finn are all very similar characters. It's probably why Ricky and EJ are making out with each other so much in the fanfics. So you know what'd be interesting if Ricky and Rachel traded places? Because then Nini and Rachel would discuss their big city dreams and Ricky and Finn would discuss not feeling good enough. Aww. And that could be interesting. Uh, anyways, yeah, that's that's what I've got for that. Rem also asks, what is the plot of your hypothetical Babies After Ever After Glee sequel? We've discussed this, Rem. Rem, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but I've been writing, trying to write Glee reprise. It's not very far <laughs> in, but it has got Beth, who was the daughter of Quinn and Puck. And yes, she is a baby who was born the first season, but you know what? Degrassi, the next generation, focused on Emma, who was the daughter of Spike, who was born the first season of Degrassi Junior High. So, like... It still counts. I just wish that Degrassi continued long enough so that we could have seen Liberty's baby show up there. But now the baby <laughs> will be too old unless they do a floating time skill, which they kind of did because there are definitely characters who spent eight years in high school. I feel like in a more definite or in, in a more dictionary response to your question, Rem, I think Babies Ever After Glee sequel you could probably fill out like at least a solid third of the cast with like, hey, Sam and Mercedes had... At least three or four children. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, yeah, however many they want. <laughs> but, I mean, not to spoil the end of the series, but I know at some point Rachel does become a surrogate. <laughs> so that's at least one other baby that will definitely yeah. be happening at some point. <laughs> yeah. There's one more Glee baby, but I don't want it to be involved unless hmm, father died in a tragic accident. Oh, well. Wait, are you referring to Will and Emma's kids? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh no, Will's dead. Oh no, we're so sad. Will's dead. False. We are not sad. Here's the thing. I think it could be a very funny. I think you could make a very funny Glee sitcom by having it be kids of all of the canon couples from the show at school together. And they form a support group because their parents are all so weird. That also would be fun. <laughs> like, imagine, if you will, the unknown quantity of Sam and Mercedes' kids. Just like, yeah, our parents are totally normal. And then Rachel's surrogate baby is like, uh, yeah, I... I have just have grown up so much around musical theater and I would like to listen to other stuff sometimes, maybe. And Santana and Britney's child is like, uh, yeah, my my mama's weird, but my mama is nice and they both have a blood feud against Rachel Berry and someone else chimes in, which is correct. Like, yeah. Yeah, they should. The audience boos. She's right, comes a voice that stands up. It's Beth. <laughs> Also, going back to Kurt and Blaine's kids, it would be funny because they would definitely have, like, an, an emo goth metal face. Uh, and they would not know what to do with that. <laughs> yup, yup, yup. I would love it. Feed it to me like grapes. That's, that's the episode that Lindsay can co-write because Lindsay keeps sending me metal tracks to put in my Glee fanfic. And I'm like, Lindsay, these are good songs, but I cannot think of a reason why any of these kids <laughs> would sing a metal song, girl. Oh my god. Could you imagine Kurt and Blaine calling up Tina in a panic? <laughs> Tino shows up with a pamphlet. So your kid's goth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. All right. Next question comes from the friend and former guest of the show, Cassidy. Uh, Z asks, could any Glee character beat Bobby Flay? And could any Glee character <sighs> kill Bobby Flay? And then also friend and former guest and former editor of the show, Lena, they also suggest, should any Glee character beat Bobby Flay? Which is like, morally, I guess. <laughs> um... So for one thing, anyone should attempt to beat Bobby Flay because it's like, I don't know if he's like a bad person or not. I just like, he's the boss. He's the boss level on the show where he's the boss monster. And so, yes, if you have the opportunity to beat him in a cooking contest, you should give it a shot. My big thing is just, I don't know if anyone, we've only had, I think, one instance of cooking in Glee and it was grilled cheeses. That's true. But do you think Finn could win with a grilled cheeses? (laughs) I think he might inspire the fear of God in Bobby Flay with a grilled cheeses. But aside from that, I think they should all try, but I genuinely don't know if anyone is good enough at cooking on Glee to beat Bobby Flay. Could or should they? I think the person who successfully beats Bobby Flay is whoever can cook while also singing a cover of Weird Al's Eat It. Oh, that'd be wild. So that might actually be Blaine. (laughs) I'm just thinking about Weird Al in the context of Glee. (laughs) See, I feel like if we removed all the parts of Glee that sucked, Weird Al would love to guest star on Glee. Yes. If we remove Ryan Murphy and Rachel Berry. <laughs> yes. If we removed the two biggest lesions on Glee. I think we should just let Weird Al, like, g- give him enough money to start his own musical high school set series. You know what? I would love, I would love, like, a musical competition show, but it's run by Weird Al. And it's literally just to foster the musical talents of people who are outside of what capitalism wants to produce from the music industry. So basically you want the Glee version of UHF. I don't know what UHF is. (laughs) 
UHF is the basically the Weird Al movie where he gets control of a local TV station and then he makes a bunch of TV shows with the local population that, and they're all about ideas and people that are outside of the normal what capitalist is deems is worthwhile. So we were just here's my hot take is that your idea is good and the idea behind UHF is good too. The thing is I watch UHF and it's kind of a shitty movie. <laughs> Uh. It's honestly kind of a garbage movie. <laughs> I think part of the biggest reason that UHF is kind of a garbage movie is because it's got Michael Richards in it for most of it. A, playing a character that's about as funny as a constant family guy cutaway gag. And B, it's Michael Richards, who is infamously racist and conservative. Oh no. And the, yes, Weird Al has gone saying, I regret the fact that he was in so much of this film because he was my friend at the time, and then he showed his whole ass after. What we're saying is that let's give Weird Al another vehicle. Yes. With people who are decent. Yeah. He should do an entire concept album. That's just Glee. <laughs> Hang on, I have an idea for a new Not If I Reboot Your First episode. You have to have me on, Tanner. I Oh, absolutely. First, we have to hear back from the WGA and SAG-AFTRA. Yes. And then have me on. Well, I think, no, I think if it's just a concept album, we can get away with it. True. Because it's not, like, music is not being struck. I wish it was. I wish artists in general could form a union, because Agreed. that's also a nightmare scenario. But right now, it's not something. So, no. Mm -hmm. Anyways, and then on the subject of could any Glee character kill Bobby Flay, uh, Sue definitely. I think, if you're Lauren. asking if any- I'm sorry? Lauren could, too. Lauren could, yeah. I think the four Glee characters who could kill if asked to are Sue, Lauren, Santana, and Kurt. Yeah. He does have size. He does have size. I've, I wouldn't be shocked if I found out that Chris Colfer has a real katana now and knows how to use it. Mm -hmm. They should put Chris Colfer in a D&D &D movie. Imagine, it's it's D&D &D Honor Among Thieves 2, and Drizzt shows up, and it's Chris Colfer. Oh, I... <sighs> Drizzt Colfer. See, the, the thing is, Tanner, is that Drizzt Doradin is a drow, right? Yeah. Are you, So are you saying you would slap some, slap some grayish blue face paint on that guy, or...? I mean more pale gray. Would he need to be played by an actor of color? <laughs> I think if you're putting Drow in any D&D &D project, you should have characters of, or actors of variety of different heritages, and then give them the gray body paint that is equivalent of their skin tone. That sounds Painting good. Painting someone I'll gray is not equivalent <laughs> to blackface. Agreed. We're not putting anyone in blackface. We are putting them in gray homestructural face paint. You articulated that better than my question was. Thank yes. you. <laughs> I understand. I understand why you brought it up. But it's like, and it would be very cool if Drizzt was played by an actor of color. I just think it would be funny if everyone's like, oh my gosh, finally, it's Drizzt, the most coolest, manliest, coolest D&D &D character. And it's like, hi, I'm Chris Holfer. <laughs> it's this skinny gay guy. And, well, he's not that skinny anymore. He is Jack, and he could still beat the shit out of people. Yeah, true. It would be cool if Drizzt was played by an actor of color, but also it, that's not a requirement because he is not coded. He is just a gray mm. guy. Mm. <laughs> Moving on but still in the vicinity of reality shows. Theo now wants to know which Glee character can make it on The Voice. Well, here's the thing. They could all make it on The Voice because they can sing good. Yeah. Who do you think would, like, get to, like, the top the top five of The Voice? I have no idea because I've never seen The Voice. All I know is that they have chairs that spin around. Me either, honestly. The most I've seen of Voice is a compilation of the best Linkin Park covers on The Voice. And also they're all from The Voice Germany. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I could see Mercedes... Making it on The Voice and then being a judge on The Voice. Yeah. I think that's a more interesting question is who would judge on The Voice and Mercedes and by extension Amber Riley easily. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I mean, Amber Riley did, she did recently rap on the Mamma Mia competition show that shot that's in Greece. Right. <laughs> oh, and that's, that's also a reality show. So if we need to, we can cover that too. We can. That's beautiful. Theo also wants to know which Glee characters would survive on a reality show. And Theo, Theo, that is such a broad topic that I write, I, me Tanner, I'm saying I need to veto this question and put it in a pin for later because that is a bonus episode worth of content, baby. Yes, because also we would need to figure out which type of reality show we are talking about here. That's is what this I'm like saying. A, like, yeah. Is it Survivor? Is it Big Brother? Is it Amazing Race? Is it The Bachelor mm-hmm. slash Et? I will highlight this and put a big note next to it in our note stock. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. The next question from Cassidy. Glee-themed cafe? Sure. Sure. In <laughs> in season five, they go to a diner where they have to sing. So... <laughs> <sighs> I know one song that I'm going to be very disappointed in their cover of once they start working at the musical diner. That's so. fascinating because I think I love that song. If that's the song that you're referring to. We will see. We will see. It might be the most divisive musical number on the show yet. <laughs> Glee Civil War! <laughs> I think as far as, like, a Glee-themed cafe, I feel like it would just be kind of mostly like, oh, hey, we serve throat coat tea, and we serve cupcakes with gold stars on them. And high yeast bagels. Yes. <laughs> Which is, uh, stay tuned, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> That's also season five. All right, next question. Charles wants to know which Glee character would make a good DC superhero. <laughs> stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> there's a whole... Actually, I think I may have mentioned this, that there's a whole episode about that. Hey, do you want to be on it, Charles? Charles, do you want to be on a superhero episode? <laughs> yeah, we should reach out. We should. I... See, here's the thing, is that way way back when I did... I was kicking around the idea of, like, oh, it's a Glee... Glee is now set in the Marvel Universe. And Kurt and Santana are going to go work for the Avengers. But as far as DC, like, I've seen the kinds of heroes that come out of DC. Like, anything goes. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, anything goes in Marvel, too. But it's like, maybe it's just because I'm more familiar with Marvel. But if, if the anything that happens in Marvel, you can still kind of trace it back to, like, other stuff in the lore. DC... I don't know, I can't even say that, because DC does the same thing too. It's just I'm not as familiar with the weird stuff that DC uses to create new bizarre characters. Mm-hmm. This is true. If we want to get more specific and be like, which Glee characters would fit in well with, like, the Bat family? Because I know you read Wayne Family Adventures, for I do. So that's do. at least something you're familiar with. Yes. That is honestly the only- <laughs> that is the only way in which I really engage with DC any <laughs> anymore nowadays. Fair enough. I think- Kurt would go in well with the Bat family. He wouldn't need to because he does have a loving father. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure Tim does too. I think Tim is like a part-time Wayne child. (laughs) (laughs) Who actually, yeah, let's go deep and be like, who's someone who kind of needs to get adopted? Um. Not Rachel. Rachel would join the rogues gallery. No. Rachel's going to become the Joker. Uh, Quinn? Yeah, maybe Quinn. Quinn's dad is permanently out of the picture and her mom isn't great. Her mom is trying. But I could easily see Quinn falling in league with the Bat family. Yeah. Because I mean, it's like... Her codename would be like, Egret. I feel like Tina and or Mike would just like, randomly run into the Bat family and be like, hey, let's be friends. <laughs> Thing is, I could see Tina and Mike joining the Flash family. Okay. Sorry, now I'm just picturing like an extended family reunion within the DC extended universe. 
It's like, hey, here's Batman and his uh, infinitely multiplying number of children. I'm surprised that none of the DC, like, future shots, like, like the alternate future one shots or, like, miniseries, I'm surprised they've never had, like, a marriage between a Flash child and a Bat child. Hey, DC writers, if you're listening, that idea can be yours for the low, low price of whatever Tanner decides. Well, <laughs> what does JPG idea. say? $750? Sure. Yeah. Also, I also I guess there's the lanterns. Yeah. Santana's a red lantern. Yeah. Brittany's an indigo lantern because that's compassion. Mm-hmm. Sue is a yellow lantern. Mm-hmm. Rory a green lantern. Does Rory have great willpower though? Well, because it's green. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. <laughs> if Rory became a hero, he would have a green theme. But I don't think he has enough willpower to become a green lantern. Yeah. Sam could be a green lantern. True. Or blue, maybe. Yeah, that too. And or Kurt. purple. <laughs> well, we have violet and indigo. Sorry, violet. Make Sam a violet lantern with just going shirtless all the time. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was about to ask if you're familiar with the violet lanterns, but apparently you are. I, I am. Rory, no, actually, here's the thing. Artie and Rory would also be violet lanterns because their primary motivation is getting laid. <laughs> yeah, true. Will is an orange lantern. Yeah. Kurt, Kurt could be a blue lantern or a green lantern, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Finn would be a good Green Lantern. Yeah. Who would join the Wonder Family? Lauren. No, because, yeah, Lauren. maybe Lauren could. But Wonder Family is another thing where it's like, you explicitly have to be an orphan who is being fostered. <laughs> I don't think anyone in Glee counts towards that. I like the idea Unless, that, like... I know, it, it could be an AU because Tina is canonically adopted, we learn in a later season, but they just mm-hmm. don't make anything out of it. So we could have an AU where Tina gets fostered by the Billy Batmanson's foster family, and so she joins the Wonders as well. Or the, the Oh, I was I was referring to Wonder Woman. <laughs> you were referring to- I'm sorry, I, for some reason I was thinking of the Shazamily. No, I, I was thinking of Wonder Woman's family, and how cool it would be if Lauren showed up and was like, suplexing a supervillain, and they were like, do you want to hang out? That would make sense. Do you want to spar? Just, the, the Wonder Womans are harder to slot people into because it's not like the Bat family where you get adopted or the Flash family where you get covered with wet electricity or whatever it is. And the Lanterns where you just exhibit emotions. Like the Wonder <laughs> family, I think it's explicitly like you have to be from Themyscira. Yeah. Or one of Donna Troy's 17 interchangeable backstories. Or Zeus has to be your dad. <laughs> Which, woof. But they still had to be from Themyscira on top of that. Yeah, Wonder Wonder Woman and Aquaman, it's hard to add new people unless it's like a stray Atlantean. Yeah. Nah, maybe you could you could throw a Puckerman into a, the Aqua family and just say that, yeah, dad fucked a mermaid. <laughs> dad fucked a fish. <laughs> <laughs> Who are the other big DC families? Fuck if I know, Tanner. What if Brittany was a Martian? What if Brittany's a green Martian? And when she said that she lost her virginity from an alien invasion, it's not a concerning thing. It's because she was part of an alien invasion. <laughs> what if Brittany is part of the extended family of Mr. Mixpitnik? Mr. Mixpitnik. Yes, that's what it is. <laughs> Brittany's a fifth dimensional being. <laughs> <laughs> we do need to remember this going forward. Yes. <laughs> I will incorporate this into my religion. <laughs> oh, are there any, do you think there's any stray Kryptonians that landed? Uh, I mean, that's part of the, that's the same thing too, like you were talking about with like, oh, they have to be an orphan. Yeah. Because it's like, I mean, who else is left? Who you know, who doesn't have good parents? Or at least... Well, actually, you know... Here, present well, we parents. Could say, we could say that, like, instead of Finn's secret backstory being that dad 
had, like, super PTSD. His secret backstory is that he fell from the sky and was raised as a single child by Carol. Because Carol's got big Ma Kent energy. True. And also, Cory would have filled out the super suit very well. Agreed. Oh, now I'm sad, because Cory would have been a great Superman. Mm-hmm. He would have, no shade on Tyre Hecklin, but he would have had Superman and Lois locked down. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And he could have stayed clean-shaven, which I yes. know is hard for Tyler Hecklin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. He's a stubble man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's our DC takes. Hey, there you go. That was also a little mini bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> Next question is from Rem. If you could change one Glee song to entirely change the plot of one episode, what would it be? And I'm going to hop back into the spreadsheet. I think the one that stands out immediately to me is Do They Know It's Christmas from Extraordinary Merry Christmas. Yeah. I think if we do something else that's not as like, Africa is Mordor. Yeah. Oh, I I think I have one. Okay. I would let Chris Colfer not have to sing I Have Nothing in Dance With Somebody. Oh, yeah, just because it was out of his range. That's, yeah. Is that changing the song, or is that just rearranging it so he can sing it properly? I would change the song to a song by Whitney Houston that is more relevant to Kurt's plotline. I'm not super versed in her discography, so I don't know what it would be. But I'm sure there has to be a song that is closer to his range and more relevant to Kurt's storyline at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Or even, like, maybe something that, like, Whitney Houston wrote. Yeah. But yeah. And I'm just- I just picked from season three because that's as far back as our spreadsheet goes. <laughs> well, no, I just hid the other ones. I well, didn't delete them. That's as far back as our spreadsheet goes without you having to do a few extra clicks. <laughs> yeah, and to be fair, I can't- well, actually, no, I do- I do need to check- I know. Did me doing that show season one to you? Uh, let me flip back to the tab. Uh, oh, yes. I don't think removing Thong Song from season one would have, um, improved the episode. No. Imagine- okay, the problem with Imagine in season one, episode 11, Hairography, wasn't it was a bad song, it was just, like, propping up the deaf choir. It's like, wow, isn't this inspirational? Mm-hmm. And if you remove physical from the episode Bad Reputation, that just completely changes- that's just- that's the point of the episode. Yeah. It's like, it's not even changing the pre- the episode, or changing the- actually, I guess, yeah, that's the question. Change, entirely changing the plot of the episode. If you took out physical, it would just be an episode about songs with a bad reputation. Yeah, that's true. I just can't think of what the song would... You know what, again, okay, because I've been watching Call of the Shadows, I think the song that they sing would have had to be Barbie Girl. <laughs> uh, next question? Yeah, I think. Sorry, Rem. There's We don't usually pick songs that are bad enough that they completely corrupt the episode. Usually it's other stuff that completely ruins the episode. Usually it's the writing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so next question is from Theo. If you could Freaky Friday with one character in Glee, which would it be? And... Theo added the caveat that they would control your body simultaneously during this stretch of time. Uh, part of me wants to freaky with Sam, just so that I could be in that body. <laughs> also then, depending on when I freaky Friday myself into Sam, I could potentially seduce Blaine or Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> he would canonize by Sam. I would. I just like, hey man, I'm bummed because Mercedes taught me and also I'm having these feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly... Any character could- I'd also- with the premise of the character controlling my body, I might freaky Friday myself with Santana because I feel like Santana could solve a lot of my real world problems if she was in control. (laughs) True. Santana would get you a date in five minutes. 
Plus, then also if like if Brittany was like, "Hey Tana, want to? <laughs> hey Tana, want to have lesbian sex?" I'd be like, "Sorry, Brittany, I can't because I'm actually a real person from another dimension who Freaky Friday into Santana's body, and I'm not attracted to women." And she would buy that. <laughs> yeah, true. Fifth dimensional being, Brittany is fierce. Exactly. She's the one who would be able to get me back after we're done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have my answer, and it's kind of boring. Okay. Uh, I would Freaky Friday with Emma because I think she would have so much anxiety about being in somebody else's body. Like, I think my body would be able to handle that much stress, but I don't think that she would do anything weird with it. And I would, uh, I would set some real boundaries with one William Schuster. You'd kill him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe, maybe not in Emma's body because that would make a lot of trouble for her, but. You would, you would go to Sue and say, Sue, I'm giving you permission to kill Will. Hi, Sue. Uh, I'm a Glee podcaster from the year 2023, and I would like to ask you to kill Will Schuster, please. <laughs> we swap into Rachel, and then we make her a decent person. Oh my god, is this is this just John the, uh, being John Malkovich? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because the goal of being John Malkovich wasn't to make him a better person. The goal of, and the, of the protagonist in being John Malkovich was to make John Malkovich promote his puppet industry, if I remember correctly. Huh. I haven't seen the movie, so... Neither have I. But have you seen the Malkovich-Malkovich scene? No. That's... Okay, that's the scene where John Malkovich finds the door that goes inside his head, and he goes inside it, and he enters, like, this dream state where everyone is John Malkovich, including, like, the lounge singer and a baby, and he's at a restaurant, and he looks at the menu, and the menu just says Malkovich all over and over and over again. And, that's and terrifying. And everyone can only say Malkovich, and so it's like, Malkovich, 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 Malkovich! Oh my god. So I would love to subject Rachel Berry to that, but no, what <laughs> I was trying to say <laughs> is that I would swap into Liam, or, well not Liam Michelle's body, that's a, a bit much, but I'd swap yeah. into Rachel Berry's body, and I'd make her a decent human being who apl- apologizes to everyone and like mends all the bridges she's burned and gives people solos, and then when Rachel comes back and tries to be Rachel Berry, everyone is so pissed off at her going back to her normal self that like, we're cutting you off until you be a nice person again, and then she's forced to be. <laughs> I like that. Uh, JD wants to know why is Glee? <laughs> Because Ryan Murphy hadn't thought of American Horror Story yet, and he wanted some money. Yeah, we're honestly, JD, we're still trying to figure that out, and maybe we'll have a better answer for you in uh, three to five years. <laughs> yeah. Cassidy wants to know, what's the most fucked up order someone could watch Glee in? And I'm here to tell you that watching Glee is fucked up. <laughs> yeah. What kind of freak would watch Glee? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the answer to Cassidy's question is either in reverse chronological order, so you start at the last episode that aired and then you work backwards to the first episode, (laughs) or Charles just posted in the Discord a screenshot from someone on Twitter, I think it's on Twitter, who whose mother apparently, when watching Glee, would fast forward through the musical numbers. (laughs) (laughs) So there's that. Or there's, you watch Glee, but then you fast forward through everything, it's not a musical number. My weird idea is that you watch it in chronological musical order number. So, like, would you average out, like, episodes? So you you start watching from the beginning of the oldest published song that they sing, and then you keep watching, and as soon as another number starts, you stop there, and you go find the episode that has the next oldest song, and you start from that song, and you keep going like that. Uh, I think you win, Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> but Charles is a close second. For that yeah. tweet. Yeah. Uh, next question is from Theo. Which Glee character gets the Iron Throne? Sue. Yeah. 
And Santana's the hand of the king. It's Sue, and then her heir is Becky Jackson. Yeah, sort of corollary. Imagine every Glee character is an immortal from Highlander. Who gets the prize? So, again, going back to what we said about which Glee characters can and will kill you. Between Lauren, Sue, Kurt, and Santana, I think I'd have to go with Kurt, because he's most likely to have the best skill with the sword. I don't know what the prize is, because I haven't seen the Highlander, so... No one knows what... Okay, so in the original Highlander, the prize was like all universal knowledge and he gains the ability to create world peace but then they retcon it in highlander 2 and then after that we're just off to the races because the prize is intentionally vague because you start from this is the last highlander and they're like actually there's more highlanders because they're from space they're from the planet zeist and sean connery is egyptian named ramirez oh my god and then the TV show, they just didn't worry about it because they were like, they probably were like, actually, there were more Highlanders this whole time. And the TV show sounds like it was good until the last season. I love when they write themselves into a corner. <laughs> and then in the movies, that's when off from the TV show, there was something about like a planetary alignment. And then one guy's like, that could just be orbital wobble. Sure. But yeah, my answer is Kurt. Santana would probably be the second last Highlander because, or the second last immortal, because if she knew that she had to start decapitating people, she would learn how to. But, like, Lauren prefers using her fists, and Sue prefer- probably prefers ballistics. This is true. Or poison. Yes. And I don't- well, poison definitely wouldn't work on an immortal. I don't know what would happen if you tried to blow up an immortal with a rocket launcher in the Highlander universe. Charles, get back to us on that. <laughs> Does it count as a decapitation? How much of the head needs to go flying off? <laughs> How much of the head needs to be intact? <laughs> what happens if you Fargo a Highlander? That's when you put them through the wood chipper. Yay. Anyways! Cassidy asked, if they'd made a sequel to Glee, where would you put the two? <laughs> I don't have an answer for this one. Well, the corollary, as he says, is I feel like the best answer would be G2EE, but consider the possibilities. Uh, Vios then suggested uh, Glee 2, but then after we could have GL33, which is the cyberpunk version of Glee. <laughs> and then Charles drew up an image, which is like the Glee, but the L, it kind of curves so it's also a two, and it curves backwards onto the G, and it looks really uncomfortable and a bit like a man in the fetal position. Or, now that I look at it more, a scrotum. Theo says that he hates that, parentheses positive. And I do too. Listeners, join our Quarter Podcast Network Discord, where you can see all of these things for yourself instead of having to have descriptive audio. Yes. Also, I, I stand by my belief that it would probably be called Glee the Next Generation. Or... Glee Reprise. <laughs> Glee Reprise. Which is already taken. I don't think Ryan Murphy's clever enough for that. No. I mean, if Tanner, Tanner, if we're lucky, Ryan Murphy will never be involved with a Glee property ever again, because he'll just keep making American horror stories until he runs out of ideas, or until Sarah Paulson quits. <laughs> I would argue that he's all- okay, well, for, for one thing, I'm pretty sure Sarah Paulson has, has quit already, or at the very least, she's not in every single season anymore. Good for her. Uh, and secondly, I'm pretty sure he has already written out, run out of ideas, because the last scene was like, what if in New York, during the AIDS crisis, there were people? You're telling me he just did Rent again? Yeah! Or, or Angels in America? Ryan Murphy has spent his entire career just trying to remake a worse Rent, which is a high bar. <laughs> yeah. Cassie wants to know what hot new games are getting announced at the next Glee 3. They should make a Glee dating sim. I agree. I understand that and I am aware that there is quite the market for fun fantasy dating sims, but there's not a lot of just, like, plain old YA dating sims. And when I say plain old, I mean there is not inherent magic or mystery or science fiction. 
It's like, oh yeah, it's Monster Hearts, where you're all, you are at a high school, but you're also all monsters. And it's like, just one where you're just, you're just kids. <laughs> and there's no weird, like, Doki Doki Literature Club shit. <laughs> <laughs> Dogly Dogly Literature Club. Or no, I guess it would just be Doki Doki Glee Club. I, I feel like my answer to what hot new games are getting announced the next Glee 3 is going to be like, I don't know, a karaoke game or something. Yeah, they're releasing a new Vocaloid and it's Rachel Berry. <laughs> oh my god. Look, if anyone would willingly contribute their voice to an AI, it, there's a good chance that it would be Leah Michelle. <laughs> yes, I think Leah Michelle should make her voice an AI and then be legally barred from selling her voice again. <laughs> I think Leah Michelle should be in the public domain. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I don't. I don't think there's a way to get to put an entire voice into the public domain because I think you'd have to copyright it first. Yeah. No, you can. You can declare it on creation. Mm. And the last question that we have is from once again our podcast guardian angel Emily, who asked if you could get any guest on the podcast, literally anyone, no matter how implausible, who would it be? And we each get one pick. Okay, well, I, I did say Damien Haas. You did. But if I can say a second one, <laughs> I think Ellis Wiley could be a huge get because I do want to hear all the tea. Yeah. I want to give her a platform to just rend the show to shreds. <laughs> See, I was thinking about this in the con in like the context of like who would be because like the big thing is I think we would all love to have like. Kevin, or Jenna, or Amber, or anyone except for Leah and Matthew Morrison on yeah. the show. But as we all saw from the wonderful and incredible interview that Amber Riley did with Z-Way, some of them are dang professionals and are polite and would maybe rather not spill the tea to preserve their professional careers. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, Which if we somehow fair. got one of them on, yeah, I wouldn't expect them to. Like, if we had Amber Riley on, I wouldn't be like, hey, Amber Riley, tell us all the things you hate about Leah Michelle. I'd be like, Amber <laughs> Riley, tell us about all the great things that happened. And like, what's your favorite song? And like, if you had the chance to, if you got to run Glee, what would you do? I feel like we could say like, hey, Amber, what do you think Glee could do better on? And she could say things without throwing people under the bus. We could also like, hey, what kind of movies do you want to be in? What kind of songs are you working on? If that you is could true. be a DC superhero, who would you be? Within the context of, like, specifically, like, recapping an episode, I think Darren, Chris, or Cord Overstreet would be really fun. Yeah. <laughs> Just because they... Well, really, I, I think a lot of the cast would be fun to have specifically for the purposes of recap, not just for an interview. But I'm not going to say Darren, Chris, because I would die. Me? I would die. Yeah. Also, if we want to, if we want to dial it back into slightly more realistic, but probably still difficult to get on, I there's an episode that I would love to have whoever runs the Muppet History account to guest on. Mm. And then even more realistic, because I do already know him. I have a friend who I'd love to guest on a next season episode, but I feel like he might be the first person to genuinely say, hey, it's cool that you're <laughs> asking me to do this. I support your podcast. I don't want any part in this. Yeah. <laughs> I do not want to touch this. I don't want to watch this. I don't want to spend my time in this. Here's my definitive answer. Dr. Sidney McElroy. Oh, yeah. Mostly because I found in our notes doc a section entitled Guest Wish List. <laughs> but I think that Dr. McElroy either did watch Glee or was aware enough of it when it was airing. And also, like, she is still involved in musical theater. 
and maybe we'd get color commentary in the background from Justin. Yeah, but, yeah. And she's already a podcaster, so she knows how to set up her audio. <laughs> and I think that would be a lot of fun. Nice. And that's our questions. Yeah. And I think we were actually relatively on topic for most of the episode. So. Yeah. <laughs> when we have an outline to follow, we do pretty well. <laughs> So next week, we're probably starting the Glee Project, but obviously if that changes, we will let you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you started, so I have to read off the actual ending things. Loser Like Me is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. We can be heard on your podcast platform of choice, and if we aren't there, let us know and we'll work on getting there. We can be found at Loser Like Me Pod on Twitter and through LoserLikeMePod at gmail.com. We also have our own Discord server and Tumblr with links in the episode description. Uh, next time... We're on the edge of glory again! <laughs> Next time I'll finally get to use a joke that I've had saved as a reminder in my reminders app for at least a year and a half. Next time someone's gonna like kind of impale their hand, but it's his own fault, so it's kind of funny. Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> yes! Finally, the Glee Stigmata moment! <laughs> Wait... <laughs> You're a, I guess it was kind of Jesus' own fault that he got <laughs> crucified. <laughs> they were like, hey, hey, anybody want to be crucified for opposing the Roman Empire? And Jesus was like, yeah, sign me the fuck up. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Three, two, one. And that's, that's what you what missed you, on you Glee. didn't actually even discuss anything that happened on Glee when you think about it. So you, you've missed nothing. I mean, we kind of did, but like in the most abstract sense. That's what you could have missed on Glee if it was a stranger show. <laughs> Tanner, don't, don't use that term too early. <laughs> that's it. Scene. Scene. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we riff the show Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out Why we love this show Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To loser like me Loser like me Loser like me